to the Clinical Podcast Series brought to you by the American Academy of Optometry's Foundation and our Low Vision Channel. Today's episode is entitled Digital Reading with Low Vision, Principles for Selecting Display Size. It's my pleasure to begin today's podcast. Okay, welcome back to another edition of the American Academy of Optometry Podcast Series. My name is Bradley Doherty. I'm from the College of Optometry at Ohio State. And I have a pair of fantastic guests today. We're talking low vision uh, with Drs. Gordon Legg and Ying Sishong. Uh, and we're talking about a paper that they both wrote entitled Digital Reading with Low Vision, Principles for Selecting Display Size. So um, probably a lot of us can relate to having a patient who might need uh, a letter of reasonable accommodation at the workplace or just has a, a digital device of some sort. And you're thinking about applying magnification for someone with low vision. Um, and we're talking about sort of what are some of the considerations? There are a lot of choices for screen sizes and devices, et cetera. So um, how do we know what patients need larger monitors and how to go about selecting a display size? Well, good morning, um, Bradley. Thanks for having us on. Um, I'll just start with um, kind of the traditional approach um, at least those of us with research have gone, and we focus primarily on magnification. How big does print have to be? And that, of course, is related to acuity. But as the print gets bigger, um, we can fit fewer characters on a line of text. And this is where our issue of display size comes in. For a, a display of any particular size, think uh, laptop monitor, tablet, uh, cell phone. Uh, if we require a very high magnification, big print, we're gonna have fewer and fewer letters on the line of text. And so there's a trade-off ultimately between requirements for magnification or print size and the number of characters visible on a line of text on any particular display. One question that people might have is whether um, the font that somebody's using matters. What do you think about that? Um, there has been a lot of interest in identifying fonts that are good for reading with low vision. And our lab has done a lot of studies on this as well. So overall, we found that the font effect on reading is small. The largest effect that we have observed was that the font width actually affects the reading acuity, which is the smallest uh, print size that we can read with. So wider fonts allow smaller prints to be read than narrower fonts. And the difference can be as large as 0.1 logmar, which is equivalent to one line on a logmar eye chart. Now for this particular study, we also found that font has a neglectable uh, impact on the selection of digital display. This is because while uh, wider fonts allow people to read at smaller print, they also take up more space. So the pros and cons gets canceled out. Yeah. So in the end, the clinician doesn't have to spend too much time worrying about what fonts being used in this case, eh? Um, yes, when they select the display size, they can skip that. But of course the patients may have their own preferences for mm. what font they use. Right. Okay, so we've got into this a little bit, but you know, one of the questions might be how many how many characters or words uh, do people need to fit on the screen at one time? Um, some of the other things you might imagine would be 
relevant would be how close do people usually sit to their monitors and you know how much functional reserve do people need to read comfortably how much bigger does it need to be than their threshold acuity for instance so let me i'll take on the first part of that and uh that's the question of adequate print size or magnification so of course um print size has to be within the acuity limit of any particular reader but we've found um, over many experiments that um, for fluent reading or best reading, the uh, magnification or print size needs to be substantially larger than the acuity uh, letter size. So we call that extra reserve or extra large print, the critical print size. And at least in our um, work, we, find the critical print size by measuring reading performance, reading speed uh, across a range of print sizes. And I have to uh, uh, advertise our own test, the M and read test, which has a sequence of sentences at different print sizes, makes it easy to determine the print size requirement for best reading by any particular um, patient. And then once we have big enough print, then we have this second constraint on display size, number of characters visible. I'll turn that over to Yingza for her comments on how we deal with that second constraint, number, number of characters per line. Yeah, how, how many characters need to be fit on the screen to, for efficient reading? That's really the key question our study wanted to answer. And we call this, the critical character count. So Gordon just introduced the functional reserve. That's the one um, parameter of the formula. And the other one is this critical character count. They together jointly determine the reading speed an individual can achieve. So in our study, in order to identify what this critical character count could be, we asked participants with normal vision and low vision to read long paragraphs of stories. Um, actually, from Alice in Wonderland, with, no, so with Grimm's, various <laughs> Grimm's fairy tales. Grimm's oh, fairy yes, tales. Yes, you're right, Gordon. <laughs> uh, in a different study, we used Alice in Wonderland. So we asked them to, to read the stories with various combinations of print sizes and character counts, and then we can get a reading speed as a function of both both print size and and the character counts, and then we can analyze this reading curve to see at which point reading speed starts to decrease so that we get this critical character count that really defines the minimum requirement of effective reading. So we found that it ranges from nine to 13 characters among our participants with normal vision and low vision, but we recommend 13 characters because it is a more inclusive value. Yeah. So 13 characters, is the recommended visual span for people with low vision. Good. Yeah. So certainly these findings are um, relevant for people with low vision, but is there anything to be learned for, um, you know, screen sizes for people with normal vision? So this is an interesting example of, of universal design. I mean, of course, people with low vision, we were concerned about having sufficient screen real estate for them. But people with normal vision are often reading on small screens. 
Um, so these same kinds of limits come into play, let's say with um, smart watches, for example, if you're reading off your Apple watch and you have normal vision, um, the print size needs to be big enough. And if you actually want to read um, a lengthy text, then you would need to meet uh, these kinds of um, character constraints. I don't know, Yingzhou, you might have an example, I'm not sure. Yeah, like I, I used an Apple Watch, not advertising for any brand, but it's the width is about 2.5 centimeters. And based on our recommendation, it actually um, can accommodate the 13 character count requirement for people with normal vision. So we don't know whether they took that into consideration or just accidentally they chose a, a good design. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, so we're not advertising for any specific watch. We are advertising for the MN Read test. If you don't have, <laughs> thank you. That's no problem. Okay, so well, what surprised you about this work after all was said and done? Um, I guess say like a, a couple points. The first thing that's really surprising is how consistent the critical character count is. So it's from nine to thirteen characters. Um, regardless of the people's um, vision status or the font they use. So on one hand, this reflects a common mechanism that is not changed by vision status. On the other hand, as Gordon mentioned, as you, you have mentioned, it really lends conveniences to a universal accessible design for um, digital displays. And then the other thing is from a practical point of view, which is also surprising is that Typical monitors on the market are actually ample for patients with vision in the 250 range. So for them, we don't really need to resort to use like dual screens or TVs instead of regular monitors, unless they have vision up to the 20,000 range, in which case they may benefit from a 60-inch TV. Um, so lastly, we want to mention that um, we have developed a free online calculator. It's called My Reading Display. Anybody can use this uh, calculator for free and they can plug in their vision status, preference for font and everything. So this, um, the, there will be output uh, of recommendation based on, of, di of digital di uh, display size based on this individual's vision status. So uh, we recommend that people have, uh, give it a try to see what's the best display for them. And just to return to one point you mentioned earlier, Bradley, view, viewing distance is another one of these parameters that varies uh, with preference and ergonomics. And of course, um, if people need a larger viewing distance for whatever reason, then the physical print size on the screen may, be, may need to be larger and the display size may, may need to be larger. So this uh, web app that Yingza mentioned takes that into account as well in calculating um, the print size and display size requirements for any particular user. All right. Well, I'm very grateful to both of you for coming on the podcast and sharing your work. It's um, interesting work and I think really practically useful uh, for clinicians. Uh, working with patients with low vision, um, and I really appreciate both of your time. So thanks very much. Thanks, Bradley. Thank you for having us. 
And a special thanks to CooperVision for their educational grant to make it all happen. 